0: hey everyone this is kurt frank and welcome back to another episode of teaching general conference this is a mini episode where i focus on a quick teaching tip or idea or concept in just a a few minutes and in this one i want to talk about teaching doctrine now this is a concept that we've heard for years and years and years right that a teacher should teach doctrine. And uh, everybody agrees with that. You're like, yep, we should teach doctrine. And so, what ha- generally happens when uh, teachers or individuals hear this or attempt to teach doctrine is they think that means I teach stuff that is true. And so I can walk into a class and maybe the class is about uh, or the topic or sacrament meeting topic is about tithing or temple attendance. And so as long as I'm talking about the temple or as long as I'm talking about tithing or as long as I'm talking about uh, church history or whatever it is, I am therefore teaching doctrine because it is true. However, I want to maybe introduce a new concept built on a, uh, a concept that's way beyond my intellect and uh, and background, and that's because it's a article written by some phenomenal PhDs and professors at Brigham Young University. So this is a phenomenal uh, article written at the Be- uh, Religious Studies Center f- for BYU, and uh, here's the volume and whatnot. So Doctrine Models to Evaluate Types and Sources of Latter-day Saint Teachings. And it's a good lengthy article. Uh, I'll link to it, or you can just simply Google Doctrine and Anthony Sweat, and that will usually bring it up. That's typically how I find it when I need to refer back to it. And they have these diagrams, which I want to get into as far as the different types of doctrine. They talk about Supporting doctrines, policy doctrines, esoteric doctrines, and baptism Or I'm sorry, that's yeah, esoteric doctrines. That's the last one. So um, the 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 trap we fall into is that you s- often hear this dito- dichotomy of oh, that's not doctrine, that's culture. That's not doctrine, that's policy, right? It's this dichotomy that either it's black and white. It's either one thing or it's another thing. And or we we say things like doctrine never changes, but policy changes, right? And if you go throughout all doctrines and policies and concepts in in our church and and throughout, from the beginning of time, since God started uh, our mortality, uh, that just doesn't hold up. And I know that if, if I say doctrines do sometimes change, you're going to resist that. But let me break this down and talk to you a, bit, a little bit more about it. And I encourage you to go check out that article, that paper, which will go into much more detail. All right, so here's that diagram that uh, – these BYU professors talk about and uh, just I'll just quickly go through the different levels. I actually did an interview with Anthony Sweat on the leading saints podcast where he goes into this really fascinating stuff. There's a QR code I put it on the slides. I used this for another uh, presentation. And so you can scan the QR code and it'll take you to the, uh, the article. So um, they talk about uh, the, this concept that the, the core of this is the core eternal teachings or doctrines. So these are the unchangeable truths of salvation, right that God lives, that Jesus is our Savior, right Like these things they don't they don't change even a bit at all, right? So those are the core doctrine that, that's at the core of uh, of our doctrine. And then you have supporting and teaching doctrines. this is sort of the next layer out. And as you can see, these elaborate, they're descriptive, they're timely teachings expanding on core doctrine. I'll give you some examples here in a minute, and then we have policy teachings and doctrines. Okay, so this is more this sort of a combining those concepts of it's not doctrine, it's policy. Like actually, it could can be doctrine and policy. Okay, and then lastly, these esoteric teachings or doctrines, unknown or only partially revealed, uh, or yet to be revealed truths. All right, so here's some examples that they share in the article, right? A core doctrine is baptism. Adam was baptized. It's been happening since the beginning of time. That's a core doctrine. A supportive doctrine, really, that is baptisms for the dead right? That's something that maybe hasn't always been happening throughout uh, the history of mankind, but uh, it's obviously a supportive doctrine. And we would consider, yeah, baptisms for the dead is doctrine. And then we have policy doctrines, obviously performing proxy baptisms in temples. Uh, The first baptism for the dead was not done in a temple. It was done in a a river. And so uh, again, that, that doesn't mean that was invalid. It was just handled a different way. And so the fact that you know, today, if you want to do proxy baptisms, yeah, you're going to go to a temple to do that and keep a record of them. That's a policy doctrine that could change and has changed. And then the esoteric doctrine, which is uh, like a question of how proxy baptisms will be accepted. What's the paperwork like in the next, you know, on the other side of the veil when a proxy baptism is is completed? What does that look like? Well, we don't really know. We, we're aware that probably something's happening, but Nobody can stand and say, "I know that this is how the process works." and but still it's in this realm of doctrine. It's just a different classification of doctrine. Now this is sort of uh, the next step where I take it is these layers, I feel like, have a different purpose. Um, so I'll start with the esoteric one. Usually, those are kind of speculative doctrines. They're fun to talk about, right? as you're hanging out with friends or uh, talking after a Sunday school class to, uh, wonder if Adam had really did have a belly button or, you know, maybe, um, maybe your, your, your grandfather who didn't like the church is still upset that you actually took his name to the temple, right? It's they're speculatives. We really don't know, but it's sometimes fun to talk about. And it's not necessarily. Bad to talk about speculative doctrines. Maybe it's a little inappropriate to do that in a classroom setting, but it's fun, you know, in 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 the right setting. Uh, The policy doctrines; uh, those usually are more for organized purposes, right? Uh, We live in twenty in the twenty twenties, and we need to organize things a certain way with the technologies we have and and whatnot. And the the church was different in policy and whatnot than the nineteen eighties. And again, these. These policy doctrines do change from time to time uh, for various reasons, right? And you can see examples of that throughout history. Uh, then the now I'm I'm forgetting. Uh, whoops, the uh, supporting doctrines, right? Supporting doctrines; these are uh, sort of the application of doctrines, right? Uh, that baptisms for the dead is an application of how we get salvation and redemption to uh, to those who have passed on, and, and you know this is an applicable behavior that we do. And then the core of this is redemptive, and this is really the key. And um, when it comes to teaching, as we focus back on teaching, if you want to walk into a classroom and teach. Uh, in my opinion, it needs whatever message or the primary message that you uh, want to come to the surface. It must be redemptive or it must be connected. Clearly you can, you must draw that line as a teacher to the core doctrines. And typically that is a lot of time related to Jesus Christ, his grace, that he loves us so much that he would die for us and redeem us. Like that message of Jesus Christ's grace and redemption Is a redemptive doctrine, right? You leave the room feeling hopeful and encouraged, right? You, you want to come back next week because that message is such a positive good news message. I heard recently David Butler, uh, you know, from, uh, don't miss this fantastic CES instructor. He said that oftentimes when we teach, we don't want to, oh, how do you say it? That we, we should preach good news, right? Rather than do better or do more, right? It's easy to shift back into a very do more type of message like, and this brothers and sisters is why we should really prioritize regular temple attendance, or this brothers and sisters is why we should go and minister to our brothers and sisters on a regular basis, right? That's very focused on behaviors. What we want to focus on is heart or redemption. Okay. And so when, uh, the way I interpret teaching doctrine the way I interpret that is teaching core doctrine or teaching redemptive doctrine, whatever it is that we teach, it must be redemptive. It must be motivational. It must be, uh, encouraging for people to come back and listen to more. Now you may say, well, wait a minute, Kurt, what if I'm a leader or I have, uh, you know some type of spiritual jurisdiction over this uh these good souls that I'm teaching shouldn't can't I default to behaviors and things of course maybe there's a time and place that's up to you to determine with that spirit but I believe that there's nothing more motivating than redemptive doctrine. So maybe people are slacking off or you see, you feel like your ward or your youth just don't get it right. Um, I've heard from youth leaders many times who just come to me thinking, how, how do I get my, get my uh, youth to do something? And they need to get in the scriptures. What should we do to get them in the scriptures? Well, there's really nothing you can do to make them do a behavior, but you, what you can do is teach good news, teach, redemptive doctrines teach core doctrines and the moment when they feel the overwhelming and grace the overwhelming love and grace of Jesus Christ that a, a God being could love and accept them how he does naturally there's nothing more we want to do than to change and we will then turn to the spirit and say how do I change what more do I need to do I will do anything If you love me that much, I will do anything. And that's the power of grace or redemptive doctrines. So keep this in mind. I'm going to refer to this in various lessons that I teach is that when uh, you are tasked to teaching, you must walk in there within the intention, with an agenda to teach redemptive doctrines. And if you're not quite sure if you're teaching redemptive doctrines, keep asking the why questions that will lead you to a core doctrine. And those core doctrines are typically related to our eternal nature, our eternal identity, to the love uh, that Father in heaven has for us, to uh, the Savior and what he did for us, right? Those are core doctrines, the things that never, ever change. I would love to hear any uh, thoughts you have feedback on how you interpret uh, teaching doctrine, what that means and how it's uh, how you apply it in a classroom setting and use it to enhance your teaching experiences to uh, Latter-day Saints. So, go. all right, thanks again for joining me with this uh, mini episode. And I encourage you to subscribe to this podcast or to the YouTube channel and uh, check out our Patreon page to uh, participate and support us in this effort so that we can, uh, that that I can continue to produce these episodes that are hopefully hopefully helping individuals teach general conference a little bit better <music>